Hi, I'm Reverend Wendy Craig Purcell here at the Unity Center in San Diego. Thank you so much for watching today. If you'd like to support the work that we do here, please consider making a contribution. Go to our website. It's easy to do. Thank you in advance for that contribution. Last week, we talked about the paradox of change. And today I want to talk to you about the idea of transition. And it's so easy, isn't it, to think that those two things are the same. But they're actually not the same. And it's important and helpful for us to understand how they are different. Because when we do, we will find that we can navigate through the changes in our lives and experience them as transition that leads to transformation. So you can have change without transition. You can have change without transition. The thesaurus might say that they are synonyms, but they really aren't. Change is an external event that happens in time. Transition is usually an internal experience that happens through time. It is a process. It is an unfolding. A change may be you move to a new city. A change may be you get a new job. A change may be your work experience is completely different than it ever was before. It has a clear moment existence in time. Change can trigger transition, but it doesn't automatically tr trigger transition. Transition requires us moving through the experience and understanding the experience and being transformed, coming out of the experience somehow different for having been through it. A transition involves a personal transformation. That's what we're really about, I think, in New Thought, what we're really about in this teaching. We are honoring the desire of our soul to evolve. We are honoring the desire, the deepest desire of our soul to awaken to the glory and the potential and the power of what we truly are. Transitions begin with an end and end with a beginning. Think about that. Transitions begin with an end and end with a new beginning. I want to talk to you about some things to keep in mind as we move through the changes in our lives that we long to have be transitional experiences that lead to transformation. How many of you are experiencing a significant amount of change in your life right now? Raise your hand. Yeah, how many of you would say that we're living through an era that seems to have more change than, than we can remember in previous times? Raise your hand. A lot, a lot, a lot. Transition is a process. Change can trigger it, but doesn't guarantee it. You see, transition is not a quick fix. Transition is not a quick fix. Transition is not clearly defined. You know, think about the metamorphosis of, of the caterpillar. It's a process, it's an unfolding, right? 
Could you really definitely mark every single phase with clear, absolute distinction? No, not really, because one unfolds and bleeds, if you will, into the next. We see it as an unfolding. We see it through a process. But we in our humanness tend to want to put things in nice, neat little boxes and, and, and packages, right? Transition isn't like that. Transition isn't like that. It's not neat and tidy. Do we have any neat freaks in this room besides myself? Anybody who likes the organ? Come on, be honest. We're in church. It's a safe place. This church is a safe place anyway. How many of you like organization and tidiness and plans and things that kind of go a certain... Well, some things work that way, but... Have you noticed an awful lot doesn't work like that? Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that transition is not only not a quick fix, and not only is it not clearly defined, it is also not neat and tidy. Think about birth. Have you ever watched a live birth? Not your head if you've ever watched a live birth. Probably all of us in in this room have watched a live birth or seen a live birth on, on television. If you have, you know that it is not neat. It is really messy. It's messy. And not only is it not neat and not only is it messy, it is potentially dangerous. It's potentially dangerous. And yet, look around the room, go ahead. We all made it through that process, <laughs> right? We all made it through that process. We're all, we're all here. And yet, in the way that we live our lives, we, I believe many of us, myself included, have become somewhat disconnected from the realization that transition is a process. We have become somewhat, Bob calls it, having a mechanical or a mechanistic view of life. If you consider more indigenous peoples, one of the things that you notice in indigenous cultures is a much greater awareness of the natural ebb and flow of life. And I'm not suggesting that we all step back into an indigenous culture because there are things that we in our culture have learned and have experienced and have added to the betterment of humanity that are valuable. But I do believe there is great value in looking back across time and looking into other cultures and learning from them. And one of the things I think we can learn from more indigenous cultures is a, a more healthy rhythm and flow to the living of our lives, to an understanding that there is this unfolding to an understanding that we can't measure everything by the clock. We can't schedule everything. That we need to appreciate that there is a rhythm and a flow. And especially when there is an outer change that has happened, whether it's of our own choosing or thrust upon us, we have an opportunity to either resist that change, fight it, deny it, pretend it's not going on, dig our heels in and try to keep things as they once were, or we can look at it through the eyes of unfolding and ask of ourselves, 
what might this be pointing to in me? How might this be providing me an opportunity to grow? How might this be providing me an opportunity to awaken? And that is process-oriented. It's not an event in time. Secondly, we often fail to appreciate the nature of process itself, that the nature of process is more of an evolution than it is a stair-stepping, an evolution. I like the example that Bob gives in his book, and I found myself smiling when I was rereading it last night. The example that he gave was of going out and buying a new car. He knew exactly what it was he wanted, and so he went to the dealership, told them what he wanted, was prepared to trade in his old car, negotiated the price a bit, signed all the papers that were necessary, and drove off the lot with his new car, very happy and satisfied. And he writes how he wishes that all of life kind of worked as simplistically as that, that you just look out and say, that's what I want, that you let go of the old, you do a little bit of negotiating, and you drive off the lot in your brand new life. <laughs> wouldn't, it <be> nice, <clears throat> wouldn't it be nice if it worked like that? Not your head. I'd like it to work like that. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't work that way. It, it, doesn't work, it does not work that way. Transition, as I said, is not that neat and tidy. I love the phrase. I can't remember um, who I first heard it from. Life is messy. Life is curly. Don't try to straighten it out. Ah, life is messy. Life is curly. Some of you are nodding. Don't try to straighten it out. I made some notes to myself last night when I was reflecting on that line. Yet that is exactly what we often do. We want to put it all in a neat little box. Okay, done with that. Been there, done that. Next, please. Anybody relate to that? Yeah, yeah, we just want to put a, a period to it and jump right into the next phase, not realizing that, wait a minute, there's usually a process that needs to happen, a process of awakening, a process of unfolding. Third is that we often cause ourselves unnecessary suffering when we deal with change in a mechanical way. Oh, man. Causing ourselves unnecessary suffering when we deal with the changes in our lives in a mechanical way. This is what Bob writes. Dealing with change in this mechanistic way often results in pain and confusion because our inherent human nature is intrinsically related to natural process. Our physical body functions as a process or more accurately as a set of processes. Our physical, psychological, and spiritual development also occurs as a process. A process is a change or a series of changes that occur over a period of time. Breathe into that for a moment. That occur over a period of time. How many of you have a change that you are wanting to bring about inside of yourself? Raise your hand. How many of you have stepped back to actually look at, through gentle eyes, 
where you started and where you are right now compared to where you are wanting to be? Raise your hand. How many of you instead are just aware and paying attention to where you want to go? That's probably most of us. Just focusing on, I want to be the butterfly. Do you know, and if you know, let me remind you, of just how messy the process of metamorphosis is for that butterfly or for that caterpillar. That it actually, the caterpillar actually winds up being liquefied, if you will, before it emerges out of that cocoon. And in that process, as we understand it, in that process of liquefaction, there are within the soup, if you will, of that caterpillar, what, is, what are called imaginal cells. Have you heard of these? Imaginal cells carry the blueprint of the butterfly that is yet to emerge. And the imaginal cells are at a very critical point because initially that soup of that decaying caterpillar thinks that those imaginal cells are the enemy and that they are to be gotten rid of. But those imaginal cells, to me this is miraculous the way life is so wondrously designed. Those imaginal cells somehow find a way to connect with each other. What does that sound like? It sounds like the need for us to connect with and support each other, right? Those imaginal cells connect with each other and in that connection they become strong enough that they override that initial tendency for them to be destroyed. And in that multiplication process is what is the process of, the, of metamorphosis, of that caterpillar emerging as that butterfly. I've long loved, but I've long lost an image I once had of a butterfly and a caterpillar on the ground. And the caption on the image or the poster was the caterpillar looking up in the at the butterfly and the caption was, you'll never get me up in one of those. <laughs> Isn't that the way it feels sometimes when we might be in a change that we just don't like? We didn't want to be here and yet we find ourselves here. Doesn't it feel sometimes like that caterpillar we look and we You'll never get me up there. We just, it feels so far. It feels like it's not us. And yet there is intrinsic or Im implicit in us this divine blueprint of our greatness. Just like the, the reading I gave you this morning, to recognize yourself as a masterpiece and a work in progress simultaneously. We are both of those. We are both of those. And when we get that we are both of those, that we are a masterpiece and a work in progress, we will be much more likely to move through times of change wholeheartedly recognizing the power of transition. We will understand that at times it's going to feel like just two steps forward and then we take a step back and then we take two more steps forward and we take another step back. We cannot afford for ourselves or for our world to look out upon the process of life in a mechanistic way. 
We don't live in a great machine that is eventually winding itself down and being destroyed. We live in an organic, thriving Gaia universe. And we are not separate from it. We are a part of it. We are it. We are it. And the fourth is that to work effectively with change requires that we be willing to trust, that we be willing to trust the divine wisdom and order inherent within the process. Let me repeat that. To work effectively with change requires that we be willing to trust the divine wisdom and order inherent within the process. There is a wisdom within you whether you acknowledge it or not. The challenge is if you don't acknowledge it, you make it much more difficult for that wisdom to move through you, to guide you, and to support you in your growth and unfoldment. There are no exceptions. There are no exceptions to the truth that there is greatness and power and potential within every single one of us. The difference lies in whether we, number one, acknowledge it, and number two, open ourselves to working with it. And whose choice is that? Right, it's not a rhetorical question. It's, it's our choice. It's our choice. There's a phrase or a term that's very popular in metaphysics. I believe it was first coined by the futurist Barbara Marx Hubbard. And the term is conscious evolution. Conscious evolution. There's a similar term that's been long established in unity called co-creation. And both of these terms refer to the fact that there is in us a presence and a power. Some of us call it God, others call it by other names, but that it is up to us to acknowledge it and to work with it, and in doing so, we become a conduit for change and transition and transformation for ourselves. Do any of you feel like you are finished with growth? There's no more growing you can do? Does anybody feel that way? I don't feel that way about myself. Do you resonate with that statement? that you are both a masterpiece. Do you resonate with that part? I hope you do. Humor me. Tell me that you believe that you are a masterpiece. Just tell me. I need to know you believe that. Even just a tiny part of you believing that, okay? Or let me ask you differently. Do you believe that I believe that you are a masterpiece? Okay, there we go. That's a starting point. That's a starting point, because I do believe that you are a masterpiece. And I also believe that you are a work in progress just as I am a masterpiece and I am a work in progress. And if we can get to the place and consistently practice looking at the changes, those events that happen in time and space that are different, if we can get to the place where we look at changes through the eyes of opportunity for transition and transformation, who knows what wonders will happen? Who knows what wonders will happen? We don't have to like the change. <laughs> we don't have to like the change in order to benefit from it. 
because the benefit is not dependent upon the change. We can benefit from it because of it. We can benefit from it in spite of it. In spite of it. So what accounts for the difference is not the change. Are you still with me? It's what? Us. It's how we live with it. It's how we view it. It's how we talk about it. It's what we do with it. When we really get that and we are fully in and fully participating, we can't lose. It's potentially all rigged in our favor. Now that would be a great way to look at every single change in our lives. We might have to grow into that, but there's truth in it. It's rigged to our favor. It can be used, it must be used to break us open to our next highest expression of what we're here to do in the first place. So to work effectively with change requires that we be willing to trust the divine wisdom and order inherent within the process. It means that we don't try to always force our will on it. It means that we understand that there may be a timing to the unfolding that's different than what we originally thought. I did a christening after church last Sunday. And in unity, we, we don't baptize with water because we don't believe that we are born in original sin. We believe that we're born in original blessing and that we're born right the first time. And so when I, when I do a christening, I use rose petals for the christening. And as a symbol of the purity of each soul as it comes into, into life, but also to remind us that much like roses blooming in a garden, they don't all unfold at exactly the same time or in exactly the same way, but they will unfold. And this is true of us as incarnated beings. This is true of us on the soul level, that we are unfolding. There is a rhythm and a pattern to our unfolding. And our life will feel a whole lot better when we find what that rhythm is and we step into that rhythm a little bit more than than we have in the past. How do we know when we're out of flow? You wanna know? It doesn't feel good. We find ourselves resisting. We find things breaking down. We find ourselves angry, frustrated. So remember, change is situational. Transition is psychological. Change is situational. Transition is psychological. It's not the event but the reorientation you have to go through in order to incorporate those changes in your life. Without a transition, a change is just, as Bridges said, rearranging the furniture. So let's make a commitment to our souls that we are here for something more than that. We are not here just to rearrange the furniture in our lives. We are here to grow into what we are meant to be as divine beings, as those masterpieces, not only for ourselves, but for a world that's hungry for more and more of us to be awakened. Namaste. Many people enjoy Reverend Wendy's talks and meditations and aren't able to attend the Unity Center in person. 
If you're part of our extended family from around the world and would like to help support the Unity Center, please go to our website or download our free app, which offers even more ways to connect with the Unity Center. Namaste. Namaste.